It's the Alien Conspiracy Podcast. We are your hosts, Agent ETA, Agent Kruger, and Agent Anderson. Come along as we examine UFO sightings, conspiracies, and all things strange. You can follow the show on Twitter at AlienConPod. We also have an email address, AlienConPod at ProtonMail.com. We would love to hear from you. And don't forget to check out our Facebook page. All right, this week's episode, Operation Paperclip. This is a good one, guys. Yes, this is an endless rabbit hole that you could go on forever about. And it's uh, uh, there's a lot of stuff that, that went on that, that benefited uh, both nations that were involved mainly, which, which was the Soviet Union and the uh, United States. But we're probably going to focus more mostly on obviously we're calling it operation paperclip so we're going to focus on the uh, the united states side of things so uh yeah. there's some some benefits that we got from this but also at what cost i guess you you could say you know more I mean? like operation der snitchel <laughs> just drive up to the window put a wiener in your face right or hot you dog go. right yeah yeah <laughs> thank you well yeah right russia's version of operation paperclip is called um operation osaviak yeah Osaka V. Oh, Osaka V. No, you deserve o- a medal. You, you deserve a medal for trying that one. V I A K H I M. Osaka V. Kem. Osaka V. They took like 2,200 like Germans, right? They trans- yeah. Oh. Yeah, they supposedly took a, a, a good deal more people, but uh, there, there's, the- there's stories about the conditions that those people also had to go through, too. Right. But some yeah. of them were also, uh, you know, you know, war criminals. So, but the smart yeah. ones knew they would rather surrender on a nice piece of slice of uh, American pie. You know what I mean? Rather than mm-hmm. a nice Russian gulag. Yeah, yeah. There, there were some people swept up by this operation that um, had supposedly committed some some great atrocities. You know, to the human race, basically. You know, and it, it, the the fact that they kind of you could say just got away with it, really. Like I think one of the big questions I kept on hearing from people over and over again, or you know, whether it be a documentary that I watched or an article that I, that I read or whatever, um, people you know just keep on asking over and over again, you know, where's the rep- retribution for some of these people, you know, because of what they had committed, you know, and uh, that's you know one of the the big questions I guess the uh, you know that that overarcs over this case, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, let's start at the beginning. So what I don't think we said what it actually was. For anybody unfamiliar with Operation Paperclip, this was a United States effort to basically nab a bunch of scientists and engineers and people like that from Nazi Germany. And the idea was, I guess Germany was ahead of everybody else on their, their war machines. And it was uh, motivated basically by us not wanting them to go to other places like either places like Spain or Egypt that were um, sort of aligned with the Nazis or at least sympathizers with them, or for them to go to like Russia and help out the Russians. Basically, we didn't want anybody else getting their hands on any of this sciency goodness. We wanted it to work for us and our war machines instead. And if you look at some of the conditions that these people we got from Germany, they weren't really taken seriously at first. It seemed like they were especially, well, not especially, but... Even Werner von Braun, who I'm sure we'll talk about later, he wasn't really given a whole lot to do at first. So it kind of reinforces the idea that 
Um, we weren't so much concerned with getting this stuff for ourselves as, I mean, obviously that was a goal, but we were more concerned to keep these people and their knowledge out of other countries' hands rather than get it for ourselves. It seems like was the, maybe the primary concern, but it originally began as Operation Overcast and then it was later named, you know, a couple of years later to Operation Paperclip. The uh, the origin story for this, um, at least for the people that they got for it, is I don't know if you guys saw this, but it's it was pretty good. So it begins with something called the Ozenberg List. Germany was they're kind of getting their asses kicked in in the early 40s, you know, and by 1943 they decided to call back thousands and thousands of scientists and engineers from their combat duty. They had all these people who were capable like PhDs and whatnot, physicists and whoever. They were fighting on the front lines and getting killed every day. But at some point they said, all right, we need to bring these people back and have them come up with, you know, nastier surprises to help us win the war, basically was the idea. So a dude named Werner Olsenberg, the head of the Defense Research Association, he made a list of all the people that he wanted to be recalled that he thought would be useful and they also profiled them based on how loyal they would be to the party and stuff like that. So this uh, th this was going on in, you know, about 1943 is when this all started. In 1945, a Polish laboratory technician found the list torn up in a toilet. And he took the list and gave it to MI6, who then forwarded it to U.S. intelligence. And I'm just trying to imagine what would drive a person working in a, you know, in a lab... You see some torn up papers in a toilet and you're like, oh yeah, I definitely want to fish that out. That's got to be important. <laughs> you know, if somebody's using it to yeah. wipe their ass, it's, <laughs> I've got to get my hands on that. <laughs> There's got to be some good info behind those brown streaks. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they ate the knowledge and then left it on the piece of paper. So anyways, this was like a really lucky find because it gave us a list of all the knowledgeable, probably not every scientist in the country, but probably the top people it was just like a cheat sheet. It was like the Cliff's Notes to here are all the people who know anything about anything, you know, so it saved us a lot of time, which is, <laughs> it's kind of like mm -hmm. a cheat code, you know? So we, we yeah. have this list here of who we need to go nab. And this was, this list was used as the basis of our list of, um, made by U.S. Army Major Staver. He made a list of the Germans that we wanted to go get and capture and interrogate. And at first, I'm not sure that at first they really planned to ship them back here to the United States. They were more interested in just capturing them and seeing what they knew. But mm -hmm. as they interrogated them and they realized how much knowledge they had, they wanted to hold on to them maybe long term. Because after we release them, what's from stopping them from being captured by, you know, the Soviets or somebody else, right? Yeah. 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 And Werner von Braun, by the way, was the number one target on this list, apparently. He's a mm -hmm. very important dude in Germany. Um, like I said, I'm sure we'll talk about him later. But he was the guy who developed um, the rocketry program for Germany. And he developed the um, the V2, among other things. And if, if you know anything about World War II, you definitely know something about the V2 rocket. I don't think we really need oh, yeah. to go into too much detail on that one. I mean, all that needs to be said is that that rocket terrorized the, Engli the English people for, for some time in World War II, you know? Yeah. And it... It a, yeah, it was a horrible weapon. It was definitely a curse and not a blessing as we see it nowadays. And just it even a blessing in any way. <laughs> it, it, to us, it might seem like a very primitive weapon, but for the time, it was incredibly advanced. 
And just to give you an idea, I believe the V2 rocket was the first man-made object to ever go into space. So we're talking about going from, you know, from pr fairly primitive weapons from World War One airplanes that were so bad that like the average life expectancy was like a week or two for pilots or something like that, to going having this rocket that can launch into space. Uh, that I mean, it's just a pretty incredible leap forward. And they didn't have really good targeting technology for it, which they were developing, but they didn't have it yet. If they had developed that, then who knows what would have happened in the war. But luckily they didn't. They were fairly stupid rockets, but they were still leaps and bounds ahead of what else we had to fight with at the time. Yeah, their, their rocket program was definitely more advanced than, than ours or... 20 years or, uh, ahead, if I'm not mistaken. Like, we, we were definitely behind. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and they had about that. They had other stuff they did too. Like they they were experimenting with putting rockets on fighter planes, but they didn't work that good because they were so much faster than the regular propeller driven airplanes that they didn't have very like they shot by them so quickly that they couldn't really draw a beat on them very easily, and uh, controlling the speed of them was difficult, and landing and taking off all that stuff was fairly difficult. So they weren't really. A decisive technology in the war but you know it wouldn't be too much longer until they would be yeah and, and you know there's actually one bullet that uh, the world i guess potentially dodged uh during the situation too which was their nuclear program and their nuclear program wasn't as advanced as uh it was feared to have been you know from the allies and stuff you know after the war they found this out yeah but well, if um, you think about it, their attention was drawn into different places they had the ability to carry a payload long distances if they had fused you know a, their v2 rockets with the you know a hydrogen bomb you know what i mean or an atomic bomb it'd be in huge trouble i mean oh sure yeah, yeah. oh yeah yeah no question about it yeah we didn't when we bombed japan we didn't do it with a long-range rocket like the v2 we did it with mm -hmm. just a regular old airplane, you know, just a bomber. So yeah, yeah, you had to actually fly above the city back then to bomb. Yeah, it. yeah, you were still putting people at risk that are trying to like, you know, throw that bomb over there. And then now, if you had the ability to send it on a V two rocket, I mean, you're you're talking, you know, primitive, you know, ICBM missiles. So right, yeah, pretty much. All right, so the. They went after, a lot of the scientists they went after were um, from the rocketry program. So, you know, Werner von Braun and his team. But they also were targeting other important technologies, stuff like infrared and things like that, that they believed would help them against the Japanese. Because remember, um, uh, Germany surrendered, I think, in 1945. But we were, after that, the Japan, we were still fighting them. They, they did not surrender at the same time. So we wanted something else that we could use against the Japanese to uh, you know to make the war effort a little easier and the the numbers i found that was overall in pop uh, overall in operation paperclip they were able to capture kidnap or convince about 1800 people and 3700 family members give or take in this program they they some of them they um put you know in different third world countries uh and actually looked up what that means <laughs> third world country i never knew what that meant so first world would be like the United States and its allies, essentially. Second world would be the uh, Soviet Union and um, their allies. And then the third world would be countries that are more or less neutral, right? That are not either one of those axis of powers, I guess, I think. That's what that meant. So in this context, it, I, it's not really used like that anymore. Um, 
third world is generally means underdeveloped or undeveloped countries. But um, anyways, they took a lot of these people and they didn't necessarily bring them all to the United, to the United States, or at least not all right away. They would put them in like neutral locations and keep an eye on them and wouldn't let them leave. It was sort of like a house arrest, but maybe for like a local area instead of just a house. But a lot of them did come to America to work. And the ones that came here, they were stationed in places that, uh, the very famous places that you probably have heard of on the show before, even like the White Sands Proving Grounds in New Mexico, the Redstone Arsenal in Huntsville, Alabama, and even like a chemical plant in Louisiana. They, they actually got around quite a lot to various government agencies. And the, the uh, number 1800 seems like a lot, but between 1945 and 1952, the USA only brought in 260 men and 36 of those eventually went back to Germany. So that that's that number seems kind of small, just 260. So I'm guessing a lot of those other ones were sort of kept under wraps, maybe kept in prisons and just interrogated for years or who knows what. It's hard to find specific records. You'd probably really have to dig through some declassified documents to find that stuff. The information may be out there, but... I was not able to find it for this episode. Um, oh, and another one that's kind of fun is good old Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, which was the home of Project Blue Book for a number of years, was host to 86 Project uh, Operation Paperclip personnel. So, it, you know, kind of it kind of makes you, your imagination go wild and think, well, maybe they were working on like, you know, Deglaca type stuff there or something like that, you know? Who knows? Yeah, yeah. But... They were sent to Wright-Patterson specifically because that's where they were keeping German aircraft that had been captured, or German aircraft and other technology that had been captured under Operation Lusty. And uh, Lusty actually doesn't mean like, you know, horny. It's something like um, hey, like Luftwaffe hey, quick, or something. Hey, quick, 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 quick question. Uh, De Glocke, or, or uh, como se dice en inglés? Mm-hmm. Is it that is it that bell, like the, the, the supposed like bell that like uh, levitated or something like that that they had? Yeah, Deglaka is the bell. I haven't looked into it too much. Um, is it a bell-shaped craft or something? Yeah, yeah. The, either the bell or the propulsion technology that is what propels. You know, it's supposed what to be could like some, some kind of saucer. anti-gravity propulsion or something, right? Yeah. From from what I gather, there isn't the evidence for the Glocka being an actual thing that could have done something. It doesn't seem to be that great. It's mostly. Uh, it seems pretty flimsy, but um, I don't know. Maybe it could be a topic for another we episode. Covered, we covered this. No, we covered this. Just, it, it was yeah. two Germans sure hopped was... in it, remember? And then they got sent back in time or forward in time. Yeah. And then they were <laughs> jettisoned into Kecksburg. Yeah, so, that's right. That's... Yeah. Kecksburg incident. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> they brought yeah, us right. Derwiner yeah. Snitchel. That's, that's how we. Yeah. Oh, thank God. Thank God for those chili cheese dogs, especially with Hell the pretzel yeah. buns. Especially with the pretzel buns. I mean, come on, you know. Don't be sleeping on the kraut dog. Oh, I love oh, those are good. Das ist sehr gut, yeah. I love pretzel buns. They're great on hamburgers, hot dogs, they're anything. I love them. They're delicious. But nobody else likes them, so I can never get them, unfortunately. Oh, this is great. All right. right. Hey, next time we have a barbecue, dude, we're all about the pretzel buns. <laughs> all right. Should put a spin on the 4th of July this year. Yeah. All right. So back to Operation Paperclip. It went on. Paperclip. It's it, party time. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. I, I'm sorry. Hold on. Before you get into the next spiel, I apologize. But mm-hmm. did we talk about how, like, wasn't Paperclip uh, the aforementioned name due to, or I, I'm not saying that correctly, but uh, Paperclip 
was basically made from how many fucking paper clips they had to use or like how many of the dossier, like a lot of the profiles that they had on these guys, like all the paper clips that was assigned to uh, these these specific scientists that I I don't know I forgot I thought it like well when when processing the files of these individuals after World War II in the Europe amphitheater was over from what I understand um, when like the uh, you know uh, the intelligence agencies were were processing somebody's file and considering them for uh, retention I guess you could say you know they would put a paperclip in a specific spot to mark it as you know being like yeah this is somebody that's of of high value you know. Right. Yeah. There we from go. What I, from what I understand, that's 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 it, right? Yeah, that's what I found yeah. as well. That it was, um, and they they stopped doing that. It's I forget exactly what the year was, but it used to be that if you had an operation something, um, they would call the operation based on what it was doing. So if the operation mm-hmm. was to de- destroy submarines, it might be called Operation Submersive Destruction, or you know whatever. And, yeah. But at some point they realized that that was kind of stupid because <laughs> it sounds like a Steven Seagal movie. Yeah. <laughs> one that he made in later, later in his career, you know, for intelligence reason, reasons, if the enemy found out about a project, you know, project paperclip gun, making a gun out of paperclips, they would know exactly what you're up to. <laughs> so then at yeah. some point they started assigning random names to, you know, to the operations. I don't know exactly when that happened, but I read that was a thing. That's why, you know, more recent operations, don't seem to have as cool names because it's just sort of like random names that they just get from I don't, who knows where. They probably just have a book, they open it, and then they stick their finger down, and that's the word they use, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Imagine like a, a project... Where like uh like they have an AI that comes up with like a random name, right? Mm-hmm. And like imagine like the they come up with like a fucked up name or something like that, like uh, Project Poopy Ballsack or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> and yeah. like they they just like God damn it, man! You kidding me? Like we gotta go with this? Do we really have to go with this? Can we can we can we hit the regenerate button or whatever? Like <laughs> do over? Can we do? Can we have a mulligan? All right, <laughs> I'm looking up a random word gemer- generator, and we're gonna make our own project names right here. Okay. Oh hell yeah! So let's do let's do a two word two word project name, word type all first leave that blank. Okay, generate random words. Let's see what we got. <laughs> okay, I, I got like it. Operation Apology Pocket. <laughs> oh, okay, all right. That could be anything. I yeah. love it. I pocket sand. Yeah. Oh, who knows? I mean, the the imagination goes well, wild, right? <laughs> it could be something just as simple as somebody giving like a, a you know a hot pocket to somebody, like you know, as apology for something hot they pocket. said or did. You know, yeah, yeah a hot yeah. pocket for you. Here you go. <laughs> I got your favorite kind. Look, it has a flaky crust and stuff. You know, and I, I love Jim Gaffigan by the way because uh, he's not my favorite <laughs> comic, but um, you can I can actually put his stuff on in front of the kids. It's pretty tame. So it's yeah, that's yeah, nice. Yeah, Jim that's Gaffigan. Nice. That's funny. well, and if he does get dirty with it, it's most likely like they're young enough to where they're probably not going to understand. You know? Yeah, it's not like it's not like Dave Chappelle or something where they're, uh-huh. you know, where they're doing like uh you know um what was that like the Fear Factor and they're pretending to eat like you know sausages that are actually like dicks <laughs> or something. You know, like you're never going to yeah. see that with Jim Jim Gaffigan, right? <laughs> no, no. All right, all right. Let's try. Let's do one, uh, maybe one more. How many words should I do for this one? Two? Two works, I think, uh, right? Yeah. yeah, sure, why not? Yeah. All right, let's do two more. Just see what we get. All right. Live on the air. Oh, this one, I think this one actually, uh, this one's too specific. It's Operation Core Habitat. 
That actually sounds like something That's, like you're that that yeah. could definitely be something, man. That, yeah. Now that that could be something like uh you might be trying to set up like a uh something like a on, on mars or something you know right yeah to, like build you know like that's that's what i was a thinking. core habitat on mars i yeah. say do one more one just, more just right, for right. the hell of it one more yeah, i'm liking this now and two word the two word thing is is working real great too because it sounds more like a appropriate i think like yeah yeah, yeah. all right one more for agent kruger <laughs> okay operation prey glacier <laughs> prey glacier yeah <laughs> i don't know it's like Prey Glacier. Huh? It could be like a... That reminds me of like a, that one, that one like, a, was it the very first X-Files episode where they found like a, a bacteria like in the, uh, the Antarctica or something like that? I don't know if that was the first episode. I know what you're talking about, though. It was basically kind of like a ripoff of John Carpenter's The Thing, kind yeah. of. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, that's right. Or a lot. I don't know. Yeah, but there's yeah. A, there's, a, there's a predator, an ancient predator, frozen in, frozen in a glacier. And government uh, scanners have, uh, you know, detected it within the glacier, and, and they've detected its, uh, you know, a great prowess and power. You know, oh, it's, it's they're they're afraid of it reanimating. You know what I mean? They could have done that with the the a modern day predator, and that would have been the way better, like explanation as to why the hell that thing. Oh, never mind. Sorry, I'll shut up. Oh, I'm gonna take it somewhere it's, it doesn't need to be. <laughs> it's P R A Y. It's pray like is in, is in like oh. I'm I'm praying not not P R E Y but oh. Pray, oh, actually, P-R-E-Y, I like that better, actually. Prey Glacier is better. Prey Glacier, P-R-A-Y, uh, that's, I don't know. I don't know what to make of that one. All right. Well, anyways, let's, <laughs> that, that's enough random for now, I guess. Let's get back to it. All right, where were we? Paperclip, baby, party time. Hey, it's excellent. Yeah. One of the things that, for me, that makes this one so interesting, I guess maybe it's not as interesting <laughs> for the show because there's nothing really controversial about it. It happened. We know it happened. And that's it. There's no mystery or whatever. But that's kind of what makes it mm -hmm. interesting, too, is this is a 100% real and true conspiracy. Like, there's no disputing Very, it. very well documented. Yeah. Yeah, incredibly well. It's there's no disputing whatsoever that it happened, and it's you know just next time somebody says that conspiracies are not real, just bring up Operation Paperclip. You'd be like, well, what about Operation Paperclip? Well, yeah, what about that though? Yeah, put that in your pipe and smoke it, Mister Skeptical. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, here we were. So it went. Uh, I didn't actually. I was really surprised to know this, but Operation Paperclip was actually a thing. Until about 1990, and by then, I guess really? they they kept bringing in people throughout the years, and they brought in the last people in 1990. And by that's by that time, 1,600 men total had been imported to the United States. So that that includes like the people mm -hmm. who were kept abroad. But like by that time, we had gotten that many total, and it was so apparently this was part of the intellectual reparations owed to the United States and United Kingdoms and the intellectual reparations that were, you know, for Germany being dicks during the war, basically, you know, reparations, mm -hmm. they were valued at $10 billion. That's about $150 billion in today's money. I looked it up according to the interwebs. Uh, the internet told me that that's 150 billion in today's money. And that's um, a lot. I, I don't know how they arrived at this figure or how valuable each individual person was. But the the takeaway here that I kind of made me do a double take was that yes, in case you weren't paying attention, 
actual living people were used to pay reparations to the United States as recently as 1990. <laughs> just wrap That's your head around crazy. that. That is kind of crazy. It's, uh, I mean, just let me say that again in case you missed it. They used people, they used scientists from Germany as recently as 1990 to repay reparations. Not money, but actual people. It's crazy. I, I, didn't, I did not know that before. This is one of the most interesting details that I found while looking into this case for this one. Oh, give me a second. I need to drink a water. Edit. Right, I got to take, take a piss. Real bad. I got to take a piss. I'll right. be back. Got some dry mouth there. Some dry mouth. It's the worst mouth. Yeah. This one might be a little on the shorter side. I don't know, but whatever. I could see it being that, but it's still interesting as hell. Like, I've been, mm-hmm. uh, you know what's a good show to watch uh, in correlation with this? Is, uh, oh God, it's Hunter X, I believe it's called. I need a fucking, why did I do this? But uh, it's it's specifically about hunting Nazis uh-huh. and like and specifically Germans that came over from Operation Paperclip, and that some of them are actually still like inciting the new Reich, the the Fourth Reich instead. So it's like it's really a good watch, but it's I mean it's kind of over the top. But it's if you're in the mood for it kind of thing. Hmm. And it's like these. It was based off a comic, but I got to look it up now. I've been watching a lot of Robot Wars lately. Oh, Oh, Robot Wars. Good, simple, fun, man. Robots smashing the crap out of each other. What more do you want out of life? Really? Yeah. Yeah. You can't ask for more. We just talking about robots smashing the crap out of each other? Yeah. I was saying, I've been watching Robot Wars lately. Oh, nice. It's uh, with uh, Kenny, with Kenny Florin. Uh, well, no, that's the United States one. I've been watching the um, the oh. English version because the United States one, in order to get that one, I have to subscribe to like some $70 a month streaming service or television oh, channel yeah. or something. I'm like, yeah, hell, hell no. I, I do want to see Kenny Florian talking about robots smashing each other, but I ain't paying 70 bucks a month to do it. So whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm on board with that. Yeah. That much. Yeah, although I, I got I got to say, when I found out Kenny Florian was doing that show, I was pretty excited. I'm like, hell yeah, dude. I want to watch that. I would have never thought about it, but it makes perfect sense for it, some reason. Yeah, it I, does. I don't know why, but... But the the guy who does the commentating for the UK show, I think his name's Jonathan Pierce. He's like a really over-the-top sports commentator guy, and he just gets really silly with it, but like in a fun way. So he, he does uh-huh. a really good job with the The UK version is really good. And it's... um The host is... uh. Craig Charles, he's uh he's pretty famous over over there in England. If you if you've um if you've seen it like uh, Red Dwarf or you know something like that, you might know who he is. But he's probably not yeah, real yeah. huge in the United States. The only three British like uh, hosts hosts that I am willing to accept, in all honesty, is either Jeremy Clark Clarkson, um, James May, or uh, oh, what was the other guy? Who's 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 the third guy? On a Top Gear, <laughs> so basically everyone from Top Gear. Or- yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the three guys, the three guys from Top Top Gear. You mm-hmm. know what I mean, I I will only accept them. All right. Well, you might accept some of the pit reporters because uh, from Robot Wars because they're pretty easy on the eyes. They they pick some nice ladies oh. to do that job. Well, that's a horse of a different color right there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> All right. Let's get back to it. Uh, where was I? Um, All right. <laughs> oh yeah. Let me, let me do the intro again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> uh, never mind. All right. No, no. Um. <laughs> Operation Paperclip, baby, party time. Excellent. I wish I had like a guitar, little guitar lick ready to go, but I don't. <laughs> yeah. I might, there might be one on one of those buttons, but I don't want to, I don't want to risk it. All right. Let's see. Uh, where was it? Oh, yeah. Next, I was going to talk about some, uh, some of the people that came over, just what they got up to once they were here. Um, they were, uh, a lot of them were very successful working in the United States. For example, yeah. four, well, yeah, a, go ahead. A good, a good majority of them th- uh, got a American, um, citizenship. So, I mean, that's, they, they basically just got forgiven for whatever they did during the war, which some of that stuff, like we had alluded to earlier was very atrocious, especially some of the, I mean, some of the, the more atrocious stories that were really are going to, you know, make you give you goosebumps and really make you kind of disgusted at the very least are, are the medical doctors, some of the experience, the experiments that they did in the medical, medical field, you know, and, um, some of those, not, I mean, some of the worst ones, you know, weren't, weren't in project blue book. I mean, <laughs> blue book, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> paper, paperclip. Shut up already. Anyways, uh, operation paperclip, but, but, um, but some of, some of their assistants and people that were right there alongside of them, you know, helping the whole process going along were, were, were in operation paper paperclip and and some of them were i mean all right so so one of the people that uh that i think who, who is one of the worst uh offenders is uh what is it, Otto um ambrose i think was his name oh yeah yeah i know I, I i wrote some notes about him yeah but before we before we get to oh, am i getting off topic here i, I well, just yeah. derailed the whole thing didn't i no 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 let's let's get to him in just a minute i just wanted to talk about like general stuff so just for example, four of four of the people from Operation Paperclip were awarded the NASA Distinguished Service Medal in 1969, and a lot of them became leaders in their fields, like Eberhard Friedrich Michael Rees, who became the second director of NASA's Marshall Space Flight Center, and another guy. I just, just there's there's a lot of these guys who achieved very high success. I just pulled a couple of them at random. Uh, another one, Siegfried Niemeyer was awarded the Department of Defense Distinguished Civilian Service Award, and that's the highest award that they give to civilians. So these these people were respected by the government, right? And then, like you were, you were talking about people with uh, human experiments experimentation, well, for example, one guy named Walter Schreiber was linked to human experiments after he was imported to America, and I think in the early 50s, like right after he came here, a newspaper exposed him as basically being a Nazi war criminal who had done really nasty stuff. And wouldn't you know it, the U.S. military helped to relocate him to Argentina because, you know, <laughs> you can't have those Nazis paying for what they did. It's crazy. There was multiple. There was multiple of them that did that. They were experimenters on human, like just doing atrocious things to humans. And they just seamlessly seemed to just get away with it. Not not entirely, but it's you know what I mean. Like it's well, some of the more atrocious things also was like some of the experimentation they did with uh like biological weapons with that program. Twins, yeah, or like I mean, mean, hell, they were using the effects of hypothermia. They would sit in prisoners POWs in in cold water to see how long they would last, just so they can figure out how they can warm their bodies better. 
just in colder climates. They they just if they had a question for it, they were they had guinea pigs or guinea pigs. Sorry, and it, it's needless too because the answer, of course, is put on more jackets, you dumbass. You don't need, to, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. And have Hugo Boss make you more coats. Come on. Yeah. yeah, do whatever you can to protect internal temperature. Yeah, I just wanted to talk about those awards real quick. Did you want to say some stuff about Otto Ambrose? Because that I have some notes on him. He's Man, that motherfucking Otto Ambrose, dude. <laughs> no, um, yeah, no, I, I kind of just wanted to mention him because he was uh, one of those people that. All right, so one of the things that kind of really, um, I guess you could say to you know to grab a a quote from um, Family Guy, it really uh, ground my gears. You know what I mean? Grinded mm-hmm. your gears. That uh, this this guy was actually, from what I understood, um, he was a, a convicted. Of uh, war crimes, of uh, of uh, what, what what was it exactly? I forget exactly. The two, there was two main things that he was convicted of, but he was basically like uh, like just like completely, you know, relieved of, of uh, his responsibility for those atrocities. You know, like yeah, like he didn't pay any re- repercussions. And one of the things that like uh, all right, so like after the war, so before I'm sorry, before the war, when he was working for Hitler and and the Third Reich. He actually um, had been somebody uh, that was uh, of great importance to Hitler, great importance indeed, because he actually invented synthetic rubber, right? And that that was a huge, huge boost to the war effort because they were definitely ru- running out of that particular type of resource, you know. So it may not um, seem like a big deal, but yeah, that was he it's was a huge deal. He was one of Hitler's favorites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had uh, yeah, yeah. He was he was up there on the top of the heap, you know. Because he had done a lot of good for the the effort, you know, and um, so he was a very very important person, and also like he was given like uh, many different rewards for some of his uh, you know um, discoveries or progressions that he had made, you know, um, one of them for that very uh, for the synthetic rubber he had been given like a, a one million um, Reichmark reward or something like that, and um, after the war, like you know when 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 Germany fell, you know his his uh, financial all his financial like his bank accounts and everything were frozen. But once he got uh, absorbed into Operation Paperclip, um, you know shortly thereafter they released his you know he gave him back all of his money, which you know would also free up that one million uh, Reichmark reward that he had gotten for um, you know contributing to the war effort for the Germans. You know, yeah. So I, I find that like kind of one of those things where, yeah, I mean, it wasn't, uh, he, he also, you know, was, was, I mean, one of the other things also, he had a, uh, um, uh, a concentration camp, you know, a slave labor camp that was, uh, near, um, Auschwitz where he draw, you know, he drew, um, from, from that camp to, to, um, you know, um, to produce a uh, synthetic rubber, you know? Oh yeah. Did we forget to and, mention that, and, that he was, he was in charge of a concentration camp? <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. He he was also in charge of a concentration camp. Yeah, and, yeah. and there were, I mean, there's countless stories of atrocities and uh, just barbaric things that happened there. Uh, I mean, obviously, everybody knows the name Auschwitz. You know what I mean? That's that's probably the most legendary concentration camp. You know, within within uh, the German uh, realm, I think, right? Yeah, maybe because it's the easiest to pronounce. I'm not sure, but they possibly were, they were all bad. Yeah, possibly, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. There's no doubt. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. But yeah. But like, so, I mean, this guy's a bad dude, bad dude, you know, and, and not only was he given back control of his, uh, all of his finances, you know, after, after he had, uh, also been given, um, I think he was given uh citizenship in this country as well. I think if I'm not mistaken, he, he might've was, been one of the ones, you know, he was, he was one, of, I th- if, if I'm not mistaken, I actually think he was one of those, uh, those 
particular individuals after the war, um, well, right after they called the hot potato, uh, where, where they couldn't necessarily get him right back to like the United States. They had to move him somewhere else first. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think. From what I found, I he didn't that, necessarily stay in the United States. At any rate, like that dude was, you know, responsible for all, all kinds of atrocities and, and, um, you know, the, the pass he was given, I mean, I don't know. In my opinion, just, it's, 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 it's it unacceptable. Is too. I mean, it's, it's, it's yeah. not, it's, it should be left up pay. to the victims. Yeah. You got to pay for some of the shit, dude. You know what I mean? Like it's, I don't know. Uh, well, not if you're a top chemist. Right, know, right. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, all right. So I understand. Like, if the, that's, I'm sorry, this is terrible. But if that's not a an example of stay in school, you know, try to, you know, it's <laughs> honestly, it, it's education pays. And I mean, you that's too a, can get away with genocide. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it sucks. Yeah, it's. Right? I mean, that's like. I mean, on it. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah. Elon I mean, Musk like, can do like whatever the hell he wants, and then <laughs> aliens will take yeah. him for crying out loud. Yeah. Well, I, I totally, I totally understand the pressure, like you know, for for our government to absorb these scientists. So at least, like, because like, obviously the Cold War started before the end, of, you know, the end of World War Two. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like as things progressed and the war progressed, you know, the outcome was obvious at a certain point. You know. To each side you know so so i'm sure they had plans starting you know before they and you know during that point you know to absorb what they you know the spoils of war i guess you could say right mm -hmm. you know so so i mean it, it, I, i'm not surprised at all that this happened especially at the end of a war like world war ii you know what i mean i mean th there were so many technological advancements during that war um it, it's am it's amazing actually you know i mean there's a lot of death and destruction and suffering because of it you know, there's no doubt about that but I mean, holy crap, there's so many technological advances, e even just in like the, you know, something simple as like an MRE, you know what I mean? Some like the, uh, the food packaging capabilities advancements that happened during that time period, you know, uh, it's even, even things just as simple as that, you know, but, but like, uh, I digress anyway, anyways, um, it's understandable that like, you know, there was that pressure between the two, you know, big powers at that time. Cause it was obvious that the Soviet union wanted to, you know, obtaining in uh gain more power control and they were absorbing land, obviously, you know, right after World War Two, they, you know, gobbled up a bunch of land in Western Europe, obviously, you know, so, you know, but like, um, yeah, but like, like I said, I understand the pressure for wanting the, the um, technical capabilities, you know, and also improving your own, obviously, you know, but like, uh, damn, some of these people I think should have paid for what they did, you know, I don't know, it's, it's, yeah. It's, I don't know, like, yeah, it's, it's, it, it, it leaves me frustrated, you know, there's no doubt about that. You know? I mean, it, it, it leaves us from the outside, you know, feeling that way. Can, can you only imagine being an actual, like being a family of a victim or, you know, and oh, the, yeah, the I couldn't imagine feeling yeah. of the lack of, you know, I'm, I'm sure they've all, you know, every family deals with their sorrow their own way. And I'm sure they've triumphed and overcome in a, a lot of ways and persevered through the atrocities of, you know, another race. But it's, uh, it's crazy. My heart goes out to them. That, that just really, that, yeah, it sucks. I can't speak from experience there, but yeah, that, that's just terrible. That pisses me off and you can only imagine. There were survivors of some of these experiments that testified during the Nuremberg trials. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They got they got their day and, in court, which is great. Yeah. Right. But there's what, Yeah, but not everybody paid. You know what, what about mean? the like, millions of others? Yeah. 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 There was the most recent one I read about was in nineteen ninety five. I, I forget the details, but 
Somebody was naming like some part of a school after Werner von Braun and um, a, sur a survivor was testifying saying, hey, this guy, you don't want to be naming schools after this guy. Please don't. And eventually the, they named it something else. But I mean, there, I mean they, we, there are survivors. And imagine, you know, you went through this hell and then you got to look at this guy on the newspaper or the TV, you know, in charge of the rocket program. We haven't gotten to him yet, though, but. Um, yeah, from, from what I could find for Otto Ambrose, he was, I don't think he was necessarily in the United States. I think he came and went a little bit, but he wasn't necessarily permanently here, but he was, he was involved with a lot of different stuff. Like he worked with, you know, Dow chemical as an advisor and he worked with the U S army chemical corps and stuff like that. So he was definitely in the mix, you know, and he definitely did get off scot-free. He was granted complete clemency from his crimes in, uh, in 1951, just because he's good at chemistry. It It's crazy. Yeah. And, and like I said, from what I understand, he was already had, he had been convicted in the Nuremberg trials, right? Yeah. Let's, well, I think, yeah. I thought I was thinking about the same person. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know. There was a couple different trials. I don't remember specifically which trial was, I didn't take notes on that, but he was convicted. Yeah, he was straight up convicted. Yeah, I thought so, yeah. Yeah, it's not everybody uh, and, and was convicted. Yeah, yeah. Right, they were just suspected, but it, it couldn't be proved kind of a thing. Yeah, well, a lot of them weren't even put on trial, you know, if they're just, they're just swooped up and, you know, swept under the rug, you know? Nothing yeah. to see here. Yeah, well, and like, like I mentioned with that other guy, that's why I wanted to bring up that one example of the, you know, they just shipped him off to Argentina just to get, you know, get him out of the public limelight. But like they, they had zero concern about justice of any kind. They were, that was not even on their radar at all. Unfortunately, well, all they were concerned about was what, what can they benefit from this individual? You know? Yeah. That, that's all they're thinking about, you know? Yeah. But I mean, we they, yeah. Feelings be damned at that point. Yeah. We mentioned yeah. him a couple of well, time, but uh, a couple of times already, but uh, probably the biggest name attached to uh, Operation Paperclip would be Werner von Braun. Oh, by far the yeah. biggest. It's got to be, got to be, right? His his full name was apparently Werner Magnus Maximilian Freiherr von Braun. And with a name like that, you know, he's got to be a massive asshole, right? <laughs> Dude. Yeah. There, there's, there are legends about, about his, like his, his pridefulness and yeah. The, yeah, his, his ego like when, when he, when he was uh, captured, well captured, he, they gave him, they gave themselves up. And as a matter of fact, uh, from what I understand that, um, Werner von Braun and his, uh, the people he was with, they were waiting for the Americans in particular because they obviously knew that they would be treated better or they assumed, you know? And, um, yeah, they, they uh, afterwards, I, I remember hearing a quote from him. Um, he, so he said, we knew that we, you know, basically we want to be, uh, we want to surrender to the Americans. Because uh, we had what they didn't have, the V2 rocket technology. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know? I remember this. Yeah. We had it and they didn't. Like, yeah, it was exactly. that simple. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And there are stories of him, like, basically acting like like he thought he was, like, a celebrity of sorts. But doesn't know? doesn't that echo, though? Doesn't that history, his, like, just, it just echoes to present day for me because, I mean... In my opinion, I should say, when it comes to like nuclear weapons, it's who who's in power is you know who has the greatest arsenal. It feels like at in this day and age, and I mean now now that we have it and they don't, it's pretty clear cut. You know what? It sucks that the decision that was made, but it's put us like the the knowledge that these people had. 
it's just fascinating as to where they could have acquired that. I mean, it was just a, it, it's just amazing. Very, I'm not, I'm not, I don't justify it or whatever, know, you know, and if yeah. anything, letting him live to do what he has done is create, not just him, but for other situations, other people that, you know, there's a lot of necessary evils that we put up with that, you know, not, you know, maybe we didn't need, maybe the world was better off without it. Well, and that's the thing that kind of, kind of boggles my mind is it's not like we didn't have scientists. In fact, uh, it's been said that Ver if Werner von Braun was in charge of the space parts of the space race, like developing the propulsion systems, essentially. And if he had, because he was overly cautious, he slowed the program down because he wanted to do more tests and be more cautious and make extra sure because of that, supposedly that's why the Soviets got uh, people into space first. Uh, it's not something that's well advertised in the United States history books, but the first man in space was actually Russian, not American. And that's probably because of Werner von Braun. If he hadn't been on the program, there's a good chance that it would have been American, at least a much better chance than, you know, than it not happening at all. But that's the thing is like, was this guy a smart dude? Yeah, but he wasn't the only guy on the planet who could develop rockets, you know? And the Soviets won twice twice in a row with Sputnik and which, which was the first like a satellite, right? Yeah. And then and then also being being uh, uh, the first yeah the first country to put uh, people in space, you know? Yeah. And that that's two big wins right there, two two huge wins, which is no, correct me. Correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm sorry to cut you. Like Russia's also been ahead in other facets. Like they've been supposedly the first to launch a unmanned drone into Jupiter, right? Or was it? Um, it was a gas. To, it, I could be completely shoving my foot in my mouth right now because, like, from what I've seen in the past, was that they had a one-shot drone that took one photo basically or a few photos before corroding out because they shot it onto the surface of um, either Jupiter or correct me wrong. Edit all this out. Uh, please. You, you are wrong. <laughs> Jupiter doesn't have a surface. Not Jupiter. Sorry. Yeah. No, it's a gasaceous <laughs> planet. I'm trying to like, I'm hell. Ah, Saturn. No, Damn Saturn it. doesn't have a surface either. You never Venus? know, man. <laughs> as far as we know, <laughs> Venus. Yeah. Venus, probably You're Venus, editing yeah. that out. Probably Venus. You're editing probably... that out. <laughs> no, I'm, <laughs> I'm leaving that in. No, please, no. <laughs> yeah, but... So anyway, uh, for anybody unfamiliar with Werner von Braun, I think we mentioned he was a, he was in charge of the V2 rocket program, and he was he developed rockets for Germany. I think we already said that. Um, but yeah, we talked when, a little bit about it. Yeah, when he was in the United States, he did a lot of stuff here as well. Like he developed the rocket that launched the first United States satellite, which, um, you know, that he also designed the Redstone rocket that launched the first live nuclear ballistic missile test. He was behind the Saturn rocket program, which, you know, that that's like or going Saturn, to the moon and all right, that yeah. stuff. Um, he, he launched Alan Shepard into space, who's the first American into space. Um, you know, it's it, so it, it's it can't really be understated his contributions to the American space program. But on the other hand, would we have still achieved those things if we didn't have him? I, I can't really answer that. You know, you'd probably have to ask somebody who was there, but I don't know. I think that we had plenty of people here already that could have done that stuff. Maybe we would have been a little bit behind, but we would have caught up. I don't know. Was he really that much smarter than everybody else? It's hard to say. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. 
But um, by the way, the surface I was looking for was on Venus. Okay, I'm uh, I am not too <laughs> illiterate with that, but they did. There's I'll put I'll post it right now in the Discord, but that none of you can crazy. see because you're not invited. Ha huh. ha. All right, tell them the name of the channel though. Yeah, uh, can can they come in if they? Know the name if of the they channel? Want, if they if they oh, have discords, they? yeah, of course. Okay, the name oh. of the channel oh, is. Oh, 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 no, oh, actually, no, oh, no, pump actually, breaks, no. actually. Probably not a good uh, idea. What? Yeah. Well, I was gonna say the channel's name is hashtag General. That's our channel. <laughs> uh, no, no. I was gonna say you actually have to give them a uh, formal invite, but you can post that on like your like one of your socials, and they can just click on it. All um, right. you know, fact of the matter, I, I meant to do this earlier, but I, I could just make our Reddit page and whatnot and then have it like set yeah. to, you know, have a actual invite like in the description and stuff like that. That could be cool. First, I'd want to see if I could clear out some of these highly inappropriate gifts. That's exactly <laughs> well, you can. You can keep some channels. So the thing, thing about yeah. Discord I think we is that you can start sorry. a new one. Yeah, <laughs> you can you can have it so that if you want to have it, just the three of us uh-huh. have access to a certain <laughs> channel. That's how it is. No, and you'll see like some of them aren't bad. Like here, for example, you got the Stockton slap, and then under that you got like an infinitely looping um, Hulk Hogan thing. That's I don't. Know, they're not all bad, but there's some well some inappropriate <laughs> stuff in here for sure. I just want to point out, you can make roles. I mean, hell, I, I would think making Agent Kruger uh, one of the high chief director agent, I don't know, whatever the hell that says. Um, why isn't my name yellow? What the fuck? Oh, yeah. I, make I me. Okay, I'll give do, me a role. I'll do that next time. I don't want to mess with stuff right now because, you know, we're in the middle of recording. But all right, let's let's get back to Werner Von Braun. So we taught that's a little bit of you could look up. We have details on his basically his entire life, and you could uh, people I'm sure have written books and books about the guy, but that's just like a real brief little snippet. I didn't want to spend too much time on him because it, it kind of goes off tangent a little bit on you know if you want to talk about his career and accomplishments and stuff. But uh, I did want to talk a little bit about the building of the V2 under Nazi Germany. I think we actually mentioned this in a previous episode, maybe on the um, MK Ultra episode. But uh, more people were killed building V2 rockets than were killed as being hit by them as weapons. I don't know if uh, that, that was a fun, fun statistic that I learned. But the point is, is that he was involved in the production of these things. And people at those plants, we talked about, you know, a specific case, but just in general, the workers there, they were, they were all prisoners, you know, they were slave labor, essentially. And they were regularly beaten, hung, or died from illness, being malnourished or whatever. Like the conditions were just horrific. I remember one of the, the famous stories uh, that I, I heard about his uh, factory or what, whatever you want to call it um, was that um, he would have a race every, every once in a while and the, the slowest person would get executed basically. Yeah. Like a race around the factory, you know? Yeah. And, and Werner von Braun denied it all. He basically said like, no, I wasn't there. It didn't happen. You know? I did not align with the political beliefs. No, what's, no, no. What's that? Uh, what's the saying from uh, what nah, Bart used I was to say? Just a, I didn't do it. Nobody saw me do it. You can't prove anything. I was just, <laughs> I was just trying to build rockets. Yeah, right. Yeah. I love, I love, I love rockets. But yeah, but if like you we got said, evidence. You got evidence. If you don't, you don't. Huh? Like we said, witnesses came out many years after, 
and probably during as well. But people came out and said, no, dude, that guy was there. He came to the factories all the time. He even ordered some of this stuff. Like I personally saw him giving the order kind of a thing because the thing, he was at the top of the chain of command. So when you're at the top of the chain of command, it always gives you plausible deniability because you say, well, I wasn't there. I didn't pull the trigger. I didn't tell him to do that. He just did it on his own. Yeah. Like, like any of this happened randomly on its own, right? Somebody was given these orders. Maybe it wasn't him. I don't know, but there's good evidence to suggest that he was at least a part of what happened in these facilities that were building his rockets. So it's, uh, we could go into more into depth and that kind of stuff too, but I just wanted to, because he's the most famous one. I just wanted to establish that he was not a good guy (laughs) at all. He was a Nazi and he was very high up in the Nazi party. So, you know, this is just, I, I actually, I actually remember um, hearing an interview about uh, some of the stuff that he said on on his uh, deathbed, basically about how like his gr- regrets and mm-hmm. like he had a bunch. Supposedly he had a bunch, from what I understand. Yeah, I, I bet. It's, it's, it's part of a documentary I remember watching like years ago. But yeah, I, I it's interesting to see a human's condition to be able to forget or to forgive. I don't know if it's. I would say forget more than forgive, of course, in this situation. But um, it's, I don't know, it, it's it's crazy because there's more things in our life that we have uh, around us that have, you know, have done more, not done more than, you know, some of the Nazis, but, you know, have been, you know, at the hand of other atrocities in itself. And they, they're a part of our our culture, basically. Yeah. And it's, you know, like I was, I was kind of ranting earlier, but you know, why did we have to take these guys, give them high paying jobs, you know, the awesome jobs, give them awards and stuff. Why couldn't we just put them in prison somewhere, lock and key and not let them out so that the Russians couldn't get their hands on them. Right. I mean, why did we have to, I don't know. The whole thing. Would it be war propaganda? Would it be like a sign to, Hey guys, this should be a message to all you other assholes that are out there that are doing things that you shouldn't. But, uh, if you do it for us, you know, we'll look the other way. And it's kind of like, I, I I don't, I don't want to speak for, you know, other people, but you know, hell, hell, if I was in charge, you know, that's, you're going to play dirty. I mean, that's, you're getting dirty right there. You're you're, you're head hunting all the best. Like your best villains to keep them closer, kind of type deal. Yeah, I don't know. I don't agree with it, but you know, it's well. And the the thing is, is like I, I can understand if you put yourself in the place, historical place of the leadership back then. They don't know exactly what the capabilities are that the Soviets have. They know the Soviets are working on things like nuclear weapons, and they did develop them at some point, obviously. But we don't know what their technology is like, so we're probably scared shitless of them getting far enough ahead of us so that they can just take us over without much effort. And, you know, back then they were developing things like like the, the nuclear weapon and things that were out of science fiction novels, you know, like new jet airplanes and stuff that that had previ- just just a few years or even months previously. It was just the figment of somebody's imagination. And now we have fiction coming to life in front of our very eyes. So I could see them just basically freaking out all the time and being super paranoid about, you know, oh my God, what have the Russians developed this week? Are they going to come and get us? You know, is this going to be the week where we lose? You know, so I guess from that context, maybe it makes a little more sense that we would try to get all the knowledge possible from these people, but I still don't have to like it, you know? (laughs) Correct. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, 
but that is what separates us from some of the other. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, we're, instead of a bullet to the head, we try to seek out justice in due court. I mean, I don't know. It's it's fucking weird. It's a wacky, wacky topic, that's for sure. Yeah, um, it's, by it's the way, I just want to correct the Russians. The Russians, being as crafty as they are, um, they threw a uh, probe into Venus and snapped a picture of the surface of Venus, which is what I was trying to show you guys. That's what I posted in Discord amongst Arnold Schwarzenegger flexing. Mm-hmm. All um, right, sweet. Oh, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think when I first found out that out, I was just kind of... My jaw kind of dropped. I was like, what the hell? Those crafty motherfuckers. Sneaky son of bitches. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that's that's pretty much all I had on Operation Paperclip. How about you guys? Um, yeah. I, I, I honestly, like, I could just, we could just keep going on it. I, I, I love this topic. and there's a, But I also recommended that show that I wanted you guys to peek out that hunters on amazon mm-hmm. not, not trying to promote the show or anything like that but it is like a dramatic version of you know of the events that we've described here on operation hey, paperclip so are you doing advertising on the dl because i'll break your thumbs dude <sighs> no no sir no sir no sir <laughs> no it's good jeff bezos get out of my room i'm you. talking to my best friends <laughs> all right well i guess that about wraps it up for this week's episode Thanks for listening. You can follow the show on Twitter at AlienConPod. We also have an email address, AlienConPod at ProtonMail.com. We would love to hear from you. And if you enjoyed the show, you could really help us out by giving us a good review wherever you listen to podcasts and suggesting the show to your friends.